0: in order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and, and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you. So you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that, that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about, uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like, like, Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash iFanboy.
1: You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 291, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you. You are You Pick the Week Podcast. This is episode 291 for those of you who keep score at home. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here as always with Josh Flanagan.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: And filling in for the erstwhile and once again on the run, Connor Kilpatrick is Mr. Paul Montgomery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He jumped bail. <laughs> I know. It's 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 get it's getting to be a, a problem, to be honest. I, I, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't wanna <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to be the one to say it, but uh, yeah. Carol's not happy. Let's just put yeah, it you way. I'm
2: Yeah, you so called. I am here.
1: Yes, we're happy you're go. here, Paul. Thank you. We're yeah, we're referring to our uh Or a friend who likes to cheat the law. Anyway, so we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is a website that's dedicated to the wonderful world of comics and comic book culture. And every week we read a whole stack of comics that come out on Wednesday, much like a lot of you do. And uh, then one of us has the task of whittling down his stack to the book that he thought felt was the pick of the week, the book that he enjoyed the most for varying reasons, and then goes and writes a review of it on iFanboy.com. And then we come back here to the podcast to discuss it as well as other comics that came out, other comics-related things. I like to say the word comics, every other word. It's a good um, system. Words. Yeah, it's a good system. So before we get to the show, quick reminder and a warning, Uh, we're going to talk about what happens in the books, which is often called spoiling. Uh, So if you haven't read your comic books, you want to press pause, come back so you don't get stuff ruined, or if you don't press pause, just be warned, you might have stuff spoiled and don't come crying to us, it's not our fault. Um, Right. So with that warning out of the way, Josh, you had the pick, and tell us why Scalp number 50 got pick of the week. Ain't no easy life out on the plains.
0: Man got to know. I don't know. What I'm doing what accent uh, are you doing? I know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's always, it always ends up into George Bush now. because um, <clears throat> it turns out that my voice is exactly like all impressions of George Bush, uh, W. Bush. I don't know how that happened, but it's very terrible. Uh, I picked scalp number 50. Um, actually read this a little bit early, and I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be the pick. And people think sometimes like, oh, you guys just go with your favorites and whatever. I'm going to tell you something. It is hard to write another good review of Scalped. Uh, it's not an easy thing. It would be much easier to write a pick of the week about some other book that I've never written about before because I have to think about some other way to say something about it. Now, this was uh, the 50th issue in, in comic books. Anything with a, with, a, with a 50 or a 75 or any, they, any milestone they can take. They're going to turn that into a thing. Uh, but, but this was uh, – if you look at the front cover, you'll see sort of a, a list of names. Uh, Jason Aaron and, and RM Guerra, the regular creators, and then Igor Corday, Tim Truman, Jill Thompson, which I thought was an odd choice, uh, uh, Jordi Bernay, Dennis Cowan, uh, Dean Haspiel, um, I think it's Brendan McCarthy, and Steve Dillon are listed on the front. And I thought, well, how's that going to work out? And so I start reading it, and it's R.M. Guerra at the beginning uh, for, for most of the book. And then there's a little bit of a sequence by Igor, Igor Corday, and then a series of pin-ups of, of various characters done by those different artists in it. Uh, but it's actually incorporated into the story for the whole thing, so it isn't just like it's really a – really cool. Yeah, it wasn't like a gallery at the back, which is exactly. fine, but it's a little like, okay, what was the point? Um, now, this is, this is the 50th issue, but it was also uh, it's a jumping-on point. Uh, Jason Aaron said it, and uh, I was thinking when I read it, because it's sort of a standalone story as you go back in history. Uh, the whole series is about the, the Prairie Rose Indian Reservation, uh, which is fictitious, and, and what happens there now. But this sort of goes back to... Uh, before that and, and and talks about scalping and and what it actually is, the name of the series and, and it's gruesome, is what it is. It's cutting off the scalp of your enemy. Uh, it was done by the Indians and then it was done to the Indians and then back and it was a very gruesome time. Uh, the story takes place in the it's just a little short story that takes place in the winter of 1876, and a, a guy and his son are, are professional scalpers, and he's training him to do it, and they, they show him cutting off the scalp of, of of some dude, and then, you know, there's a fight, and there's some righteous— Got him rich. on clotheslines, their yeah. collection of scalps, and yeah, it's, it's pretty gruesome. They got paid for it. That that was how it worked. The government would pay or or you know, local towns or or whoever would pay, you know, to try to get the because this is this contested territory that, that the, the Americans wanted to settle and use and the, but the Indians were already there. So there was this whole thing going on. There was part economics and part racism and, and part, you know, Western expansion and all that. It's it's a really interesting time. One of the things that, that Aaron did in this was I, I don't think like he there's a way to look back at history and say, well, the Indians were very peaceful. But they weren't. They were really violent, you know, savage warriors, uh, some of them, not all of them. Uh, but this all plays into that. It was a very violent time. Um, and it's not, it's not like a PC look at everything. It sort of looks at it the way that we understand it in history right now. I've done some reading about this kind of stuff. I, I'm very interested in this time period. Um, and you see that they they capture this this one native american and and they bring him to what's going to become the the Prairie rose reservation and he has like a vision and you go through all these different sites of the different characters uh, you know through the book done by these pinup artists and uh you know they're really sometimes you get pinups you be like oh that's really cool but these for whatever reason because I I know the characters or uh, because of the order that they put in they really are are, are quite arresting. Uh, when you flip to the one page the first page that, that Jordy Bernay has this picture of Carol who's sort of the, the love interest of the book and she's basically lying naked on a bed, uh, but it, it just in that perfect jordi Bernay style. Oh, yeah, I love Jordy Bernay, yeah. and it's really. It, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty mesmerizing image, and not just for the fact that it's a naked woman, but there's a lot yeah. more to it, especially if you you know know about the character and how tortured she is like you just are trying to read her face and figure out what it is you know opposite of that is is the you know the wise old grandmother on the on the porch with her pipe and like the piles of dogs and that uh in uh jill thompson's painted style which is which is really nice you keep going through and you know it's all really good and then you get to the end, and the last the last pit up is a shot of Shunka and Red crow done by Steve Dillon, and I was floored by this. I yeah. was like, wow, that's Steve Dillon. Like, you know, he does a lot of work, and it's, it's all very good, but sometimes you get used to seeing it. But, man, the, the sort of uh, uh, intensity that he puts in their eyes,
1: and they're just staring at you in the camera, and the coloring that actually went along with this was all— Don't, don't uh, skip over the, the, um, the amazingness of Brendan McCarthy on the page across from it. No, I'm not. Uh, Brendan McCarthy, uh so so good. And this is another he did that mini series that uh Spider-Man Doctor Strange mini series for Marvel a couple years ago that was just trippy and crazy, but like Brendan McCarthy's one of those one of those creators that I don't think a lot of the the regular comic reading audience knows about and they totally should. Yeah, it's just, and you amazing. know you know the the Dean Haspiel
0: shot of of the guy, you know, outside the liquor store, and the it, it's not Leonard Peltier, but basically it's supposed to be because the word rage is sort of bolded in the other page by uh, Dennis Cowan, sort of that side of the of the Native American rights movement and all that. It, it's just like this great sequence uh, that I haven't, you know, I just kind of didn't expect, and it really, really took me. But besides that, like it was a uh, the whole issue. It is a little bit out of continuity of the regular series in that you you don't need to have read what came before it and you could have not read this and you'd be fine going forward. But it really gives
1: a really good flavor. So if you wanted to sample it, it's a good issue to read. Yeah. But Also, I, I, if, I, when I saw you yeah. pick this, I, I went and grabbed it and picked it up. And I've only read the first trade of Scalp, so that's all I know of it. And mm-hmm. you know, you totally. I mean, it's basically just a tale of scalping and of yeah. and, and of a, it's more of a setting the context for the setting. Than anything mm-hmm. that I got from it, the fact that it, the fact that it all takes place in what I assume is the town where yeah. scalp takes place in, and, and you see it through, and I just like the juxtaposition of bouncing between the Americans doing scalping to the Indians doing scalping yeah. and going through the ages. I thought that was really well done. I mean, it was all right. I, I mean, it wasn't my pick of the week, but I understand why it was because you have an emotional connection to it and all to the book, and you have to be reading it for fifty issues and that sort of thing. But um, I mean, it, it was. It, I mean, it's well done. There's no argument. I it was. This is a little wordy. It was. It was. It, you know, it was the yeah. first couple of pages. I noticed that too. There was yeah. a lot of a lot of word balloons. It's
0: actually – the lettering is actually done in a different style than the book normally is yeah. too, which yeah. I, I thought was supposed to indicate, I guess, a different time. Um, you know what? I also – I want to give credit to Igor Corday
1: yep.
0: because uh, I was not a big fan. You know, this is the guy who basically came in and filled in – I know him from New X-Men. Well, that
1: was ten years and, and, ago. Ten years ago, yeah, dude. I know. I yeah. haven't
0: seen him very much since then. <laughs> yeah, he's been working uh, in
1: Europe, I think, and, and stuff and I, like
0: And, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but this these pages that he did are fantastic. They really – they reminded me of John Severin, which I thought – which is a big compliment. Uh, they look really good. Uh, it was, you know, it was a great issue. If you read this series, I think that it's going to work out. You know, this, you're definitely going to feel it. And if, if you haven't, it's it's a good sample. Like, you know, if you're into this, then then you'll be into the reading the whole series. It'll, it'll just get better from there. Yeah.
1: I mean there's no arguing that Jason Aaron is one of the best writers right now and this is Yeah, and I this is his thing. Yeah, you know. and it's so easy to do a fiftieth issue and then just have a bunch of pin ups but integrating them into the story like that. I mean they did the same, a similar thing with DMZ, I think with the fiftieth yeah. issue it was, um where they, they had a bunch of pinups ups and, and, and Brian Wood just wrote text over the pinups and this was more integrated into the story and I kinda like that. Not knowing who any of the characters were, the fact mm-hmm. that the 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 text boxes like I was able to make a connection between what was being said and who the person was, and extrapolate from that, and that's just that's just well done. So
2: I was I was really impressed with that. It's sort of like a like the whole issue is like a tone poem sort of, and it just yeah. it encapsulates it encapsulates all you know forty nine issues that came before. And I think if you wanted to sell somebody on scalped hand them this maybe even before you give them the first trade because it yeah i don't think it ruins that much and it it just gives you a overview yeah it it just gives you an overview of of what the series is like and what he's trying to say with it and also i think is a really good example of his writing um it's it is a little wordy in the beginning but um i thought all the words were good. I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, that's. Uh, that's I, I agree with that. Have you have you read much of this, Paul, or is this the only one you read? I read
2: it? it. I read this in trade, um, uh-huh. so I've, I've read about the first four trades or so. Okay. Um, and I'm just I slowly catch up on it, but um, but yeah, I definitely wanted to pick this up because I knew it was going to be something special. So
0: I had never noticed that this, the the logo itself was actually a scalping. <clears throat> until oh yeah, I it. saw that immediately. That was the yeah. yeah the I saw. It, I mean, I saw it on this cover. Of course, yeah, Jock has been uh, the cover artist for the whole thing. Uh, Oh, it's is, it's an exceptionally violent
2: book, even for Scout standards. But even the cover, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. But it's it. But for some reason, it doesn't feel like super gratuitous. Like there's a reason that this is violent. Like yeah. there's a reason that this is so brutal. And again, and like you said, it's not it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like super political on one side it's just showing you the truth of what happened uh, of both groups and yeah it was just ugly and it's just horrific stuff and uh, when and when you say something like scalped or or like how that works
0: like it should look this like repugnant and yeah horrifying so yeah exactly i was actually really surprised when i looked in the front that it was only 2.99 I was like, oh, I thought it was like a big special issue or well, something. I don't, think, I don't think
1: it was any more than twenty-two pages, was it? No, it count. wasn't. Yeah, it it's was just, normal I, size. Yeah. I, I felt like I got my money's worth. I guess. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I
0: thought I was gonna. I thought I was like, what did I pay for this? Like, and I thought it was gonna be like four bucks or something. Yeah. So
1: cool. So um, so if I had pick of the week, being the Marvel zombie that I am, it would have absolutely been Avengers: Children's Crusade, uh, number six. Uh, which every time this book comes out, the two-month release schedule always gets me gr- gr- grumbling. You know not that I have a problem remembering it but it's just like it's like it's two that's it, and this is one when, when the book was solicited, we knew this would be the problem, yeah. which is that it's there's such a time period between when the book comes out and between when this comes out it's not that I forget what happens, it's just I forget that it existed, you know
0: yes, and, and I've always and got... it's also not really in the sort of continuity so well i don't i, I well that no that's the thing like it's
1: fuzzy, so it that's yeah. even
0: a little harder to sort of keep a tab on it to see where
1: guess. it pushes into and 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 really that's where where push comes to shove on that topic is is this issue and this is and like and after and the thing was someone had texted me like halfway through the day have you read avenger children crusade yet and i was just like no why like oh my god it was amazing and so i already had that going into it and i got i got to admit for on the first on the t- totally on the first hand jim chung this might be the best issue of the whole series um the dude is, dude is just good dude is good <laughs> i mean like it's scary how good he is you know yeah. like it's it's and
0: the stuff worth, just lo- it's worth two months is what you're saying
1: yeah it's totally true. worth two months and then um admittedly Heinberg delivered uh and josh you probably love the the hawkeye bits in this um, i forgot to pick this up oh well there you go i got home and i looked and i was like oh crap i missed it like yeah. i just just missed it. Yeah, well, there's some. Well, you're in for a treat when you when you pick it up because there's some great Hawkeye stuff in the early on. And basically, what happens is that now, you know, it, it, it opens up with the fact that um, Scarlet Witch now is back, knows who she is, and confirmed that it is indeed her. And they're at the Avengers Mansion, and she realized what she's done and what happened in the past. And there's great little there's great little character moments where, like, um, you know, uh, Beast, Jessica Jones, and Hawkeye are there as well. And Jessica Jones is, of course, confused and saying, well, you know, they found her. And Hawkeye's like, yeah, well, you know, it's not really that hard to find her. And Beast is like, yeah, yeah, that's true. And Hawkeye's like, wait, you found her? And Beast is like, yeah, we had tea. And then Hawkeye's like, yeah, so did we. And then Jessica's like, you slept with her. So so it was a nice little Bendis-esque Avenger banter, you know, kind of about what, you know, about Scarlet Witch and what's (laughs) been going on for the past couple of years. So that was enjoyable. Um, So the closet? Uh, yeah, no mention of the closet. I was, ho- I was hoping for the closet. But um, uh, but so essentially what happens is you have Scarlet Witch realizing and then wanting to make up for it and um, Beast suggesting, well, you said no more mutants before. Why don't you just not say mute more mutants? And pretty much the whole issue is spent questioning whether or not she can do that or not. And so they decide to test it, and so they call X-Factor and – she offers to restore Richter's powers because he lost his powers in M Day, and so there, there's some great Madrox dialogue about like uh, about the ramifications of that, and why would they do that, and that sort of thing. And they're not going to go with it, but then Richter's like, "No, I want my powers back," and so she zaps him, and he has his powers back. And I didn't know that she could direct her powers that well, and they, they, they deal with that a lot. And is her saying, <clears throat> "I don't know if I can do it," and all it's not that simple. And there's a lot of discussion about that. I mean, if you when you read the issue, you'll see like it does address that. Um, and so then, but. It works, and so so they're just like uh, so. Somebody's like, okay, well, that's one down, a million more to go, and sets up a booth. Yeah, exactly. And then it ends with basically the X Men arriving (laughs) on the on the scene, and them saying, well, you might want to deal with them first. And the X Men are all angry, and so it's you know, Cyclops, Rogue, Colossus, Storm, Emma, Iceman, Gambit, Um, and it just looks and it ends with Scarlet Witch going, well, you know, I'll just give the X Men what they want, more mutants. So (laughs) is this going to be like? So the question is, is that so we've got three more issues left to this issue. Is this going to be the kind of thing that only happens in this series, and it's not going to affect the status quo, or is this going to affect the status quo and they're going to restore the mutants? I don't know.
2: I've I've heard some uproar about that, and that, that like that Richter thing being a big deal because that's been a, a pivotal plot point for yeah. for X Factor, and it happens out of that series in yeah. this weird sort of fringe title. And yep. the the other thing I just wonder is, you know, we haven't seen. Scarlet Witch at all in any of the other books. I mean this is it's just it's totally contained you know, to this it's book. It's totally yeah. contained within this. So when this is over in 2014 <laughs> are we going to start is she just going to suddenly pop up in you know Avengers and New Avengers and what other other Avengers books are going to be yeah. out at that time
1: on that landscape? We don't know and that that's the problem with this delayed release schedule and and say you know like when you're telling a story that that is keyed off of continuity and whether or not it actually affects continuity is up in the air. I mean, this could be a self-contained story, and it could end after the nine issues, and, and we'll be back to where we started, except that Scarlet Witch is back, but nothing happens. It's like a what-if story. It's a really long, well-drawn what-if story. Right, which I hope—part of me hopes isn't the case, and they're not acting like it is.
0: Well, uh-huh. the thing is, wouldn't this—because the X-Men are going through a whole huge thing yeah. now, yep. so that this is fairly big for that world, so it would really throw all that stuff off.
1: Unless they plan for it. should.
0: Unless they I plan guess. for it, yeah. i mean it 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 feels like it should be in continuity like it feel like if it's not it definitely does a little bit like what the point
1: yeah exactly exactly then that that's the real challenge but you know but that that's the kind of thing that you spend hours arguing about in the comic shop and and yeah ultimately though it just looks beautiful it just Mm -hmm. looks great so i mean but it was uh does wolverine spend the whole issue being held back from slicing her no he's barely in it there's only one scene. there's only one scene uh where uh Captain America and Iron Man and Magneto, Wolverine are in the ship going back because they were in Europe in the, mm-hmm. in the previous issue, and so there's just one scene where they're and and Quicksilver's with them where they're on their way and they're like an hour out, and Iron Man yells at Hawkeye to tell them to keep Scarlet Witch there and would by by whatever means necessary, yeah, mm-hmm. a little threatening there, but um, but yeah, but I mean, it was really really solid dialogue, great art, and uh, you know, it looks like it could have ramifications, but we'll we'll have to see in six months. Well, all right then, let us let us journey. To the world of Flashpoint. Oh, our, finally, our last week of the all-encompassing uh, reviewing every Flashpoint book that came out. <laughs> so I believe so. Without Connor here, I'm the only one who tried all four, right? I, uh, I'm sticking to my average of one per week. Okay. And Paul, how many did, did you I did two. Get? You did two. All right. So we're going um, to start with Flashpoint Project Superman, which is the first issue of a three-issue mini written by Scott Snyder and Lowell Francis with art by Gene Ha. It's co-plotted um, by Scott Snyder. Yeah, co-plotted by Scott Snyder. Big potential there. Gene Ha, I, I, yeah, Scott yeah. Snyder. Did it deliver? Wait, did, did you, either of you guys get this book? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. so all three of us got it. So did it deliver for you? Kind of. Okay, Paul? I would say yeah. I'm okay. intrigued is, yeah. The, is the big thing. Well, My, what I thought was interesting, less from a story standpoint, Gene Ha. Uh, Gene yeah. Ha or Howard Chaykin? Uh, that's what I said kind of. Yeah. Because it was not the Jean
0: Ha that I expected. It was not bad. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. but It was, it was- a very Chaykin-esque Jean Ha. I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That. I
2: like it. It works for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just a huge fan of his style and to have it not – have it to be a little different, a little rougher, a little less uh, – Looser, a little looser, a little more cartoony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I normally am all for that, but it wasn't what I was expecting with it, and I was yeah. like – I remember I actually went back to the beginning. I was like, is this Gene Ha? It says Gene
1: Ha. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a different Jean Ha.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Gene A Ha. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, the other
0: guy, you know, the one who did top 10, he was Gene P Ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, yeah, I could people make that mistake a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, were, you, were you guys were you guys wondering sort of like like where is this going like where is superman yeah. like how's this working or like how did have, how is superman related to this because it's sort of like doing like a different version of captain america well did you finish the issue i did okay, yeah But yeah. Was, so, as i was reading it were you sort of like that it was it was one where it was like it wasn't apparent from the beginning what yeah. the connection was to yeah. the character
0: yes i um, had to go had back i had to go back to the beginning a couple of times to be like what, 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 what what's happening again okay right yeah, that's the present, and that's thirty. Because I knew that Superman was involved somehow, and then uh, I, I really like the concept. I really like the character. I felt a little bit like, like, uh, what was that? That um, the story from Arcudi and and Sneberg, uh a little while ago from Wildstorm I got, I got, I got somewhere. The God felt a little like that, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and a, and a little like you said, a little Captain America. So there was like a mix of those things. You didn't necessarily feel original, right. but I was, I was. Uh, I was compelled to keep reading. So, yeah. yeah, I think the the this
2: is a three issue mini, yeah, and it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Superman isn't even introduced until the end of this issue. Yeah. This is another character, and it's a a super soldier created by General Lane, basically. And I was wondering, I was like, are, is like Superman, and are they using Superman DNA? Nope. And nope. that's nope. What, and so it's no, it's just like Superman pops up, so. He's going to be the next one in this program, so we are going to see. I mean, we only see baby Superman in this, right. um, so it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. But this is this is one where I think they're definitely thinking outside of the box, even if the concept on its own does feel a little bit familiar. But it's, it, it doesn't feel familiar to Superman,
1: yeah, or you know, the yes. DC universe and that sort of thing. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was enjoyable. So, I, so the the judgment: Are you going to stick with it? Yes
2: i'm
0: sticking with it yeah okay i
1: it, it depends on the week it comes out if it's a heavy week i could drop it i could go either Let's way see so Let's see
0: that all
1: right um so what's for the anime
0: hair i think it'd be a Yeah, the a anime straight. hair
1: was actually a little rough yeah it was a, yeah anyway um all right so the highly anticipated one shot the canterbury cricket <laughs> paul I, you're with me on this book right yeah okay. this right. Is, i had to yeah. um did, did, it, did it deliver your expectations, your hopes no, and No, I
2: don't – my expectations fluctuated in the months since we first heard about this. <laughs> I really like the words on the front. Yeah. I like the words on the front. No, this is – I don't know about expectations, but it's um, it's a really yeah. weird story. And one of the things that I sort of thought about as I was reading it was don't think of this as like a superhero book. Think of this as like a lost, like creepy issue. Or like, you know, something from like the House of Mystery or something like that. Sure. It just feels like a weird like horror story because it's this – and here's the thing. we were, The big question was, is this like an analog for any character in the regular DCU? It is not. It's an all new character He he is
1: a member of a team called ambush
2: bugs called the and it includes like Blue Beetle and 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 Queen Bee and the the cockroach and people like that. And but basically this is just like some asshole who like (laughs) let a girl like die like in his place. Like he pushed this girl in front of him like a human shield and then hid in the Canterbury uh, uh, Cathedral or whatever. And um, it collapsed on him while he was holding the skull of a saint with a cricket in it. And his name was kind of crickety and, and the, like the, the cathedral crumbled <laughs> on him, rubbing his legs together. And he, he came out and he's a mutant cricket thing and <laughs> with a, like an elephant snout. And he doesn't suit. know why or how. He doesn't know why. Yeah, it's like it's a big mystery. But... Yeah.
1: His, his last name was C-H-R-I-Q-U-I. And his first name was like very similar to Jeremy like Jiminy. Crickum. It was like yeah. Jeremy
2: Cricket.
1: Like... And what's great is that the whole premise of the issue is that he, it, they're on the run from the Amazons in England, and he teams up, um, and he, he teams up with Etrigan and uh, his team, which is Etrigan, Mrs. Hyde, Wicked Ginny Greenteeth and Godiva, and they're sitting around the campfire, and they, and so they're telling their like how they got here stories, and and we get the Canterbury Cricket goes first, and then before anybody else can tell their story, they're like, oh, we gotta go. <laughs> Yeah. Just like it was, like it was very much a moment in time.
2: It was, it's, <laughs> yeah. This is like this is basically this is the origin story of this this brand new character, and that leads into the Lois Lane and the Resistance series. So we'll be seeing more of Etrigan, and apparently we'll be seeing more of the Canterbury Cricket there. I don't know how big a role the Canterbury Cricket... Like, is the Canterbury Cricket the hero of all Flashpoint? I certainly hope so, because he's ridiculous. Um, I thought this was fun, just in, like, we got we got rhyming Etrigan, which yeah. I always love. That's yeah. always good. So he's telling some rhymes, and... Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, it, it's this is not for everybody. It. This is, this is for me, but that doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> like that's, um, so yeah, I, I had fun with it and I love the way Rags Morales draws the Canterbury Cricket. He's such a weird looking character and mm. it's such a weird origin story. And it's, He's like weirdly religious, and I don't it's know the
1: kind of story that only a high placed editor at DC could get put through. <laughs> anyway, all right, so uh, it's a one shot, so I was not sticking with it, but you're—it wasn't—it it, didn't—you uh, weren't upset by your. I am excited yet. to see where the Canterbury Cricket goes, and I'm uh, sort of annoyed that he
2: doesn't have his own book in the DC re- reboot. As am, you should. I'm also, well, I'm also kind of excited to see what would happen.
1: Well, considering your position, Paul, as the president of the Canterbury Cricket Fan Club, I could see why you'd be annoyed by that. So. There are four of them. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that title, and I just I knew it was for me. Yep, exactly. It's a good logo. So it is. anyway, all right. So uh, all right, Scamper Cricket. So next one is the one-shot Green Arrow Industries. Am I the only one? Who... You're on your own for these. I, I was I was intrigued, but the I, the creative team didn't make me want to pick it up. I'm the I'm the sucker who fell for this one. All right, so this is a one-shot, um, and this is tough because um, for a couple of reasons. One is that it, it suffers from two different artists. You got Marco Castiglione did the first five pages, then Igar did this the, the, the remaining fifteen, which normally is good and I love Igara. Um but you could tell it was really rushed. Um and the premise is basically Oliver Queen has inherited um his family's um uh, military uh whatchamacallit uh military defense you know company um. type thing yeah and he it starts off with him introducing their new missiles called the Green Arrows and um and we meet his head of security who is Roy Harper who has two arms by the way um, and a goatee, and ba- basically Oliver Queen is the you know the the you know the rich the the rich you know entrepreneur who's never lifted a finger that sort of thing that premise, and then his uh, his entire factory gets attacked, and everybody gets killed, Roy gets killed, and there's the moment where he's got to say you know okay well I've got to fight you know this whole big inspiring like you know if you're gonna be inspired you're just gonna watch you're gonna do something if you got something in it then you got to do it, and he picks up the the bow. And then throws it aside and goes for the other weapons. So it's like at every moment it took that little cliché kind of approach and went the other direction, but in an eye-rolling, nauseating kind of way. Um, <laughs> and so the, the so the premise was that as opposed to picking up the arrow, he actually had a collection of villain's weapons. So he had the Pied Piper Sonic Blaster and Rainbow Raider's goggles and Mr. Element's gun and the Top's explosives and the Trickster's boots. And so he uses that to run out into the, into the woods, and he fights this woman who has a bow and arrow – you know, so it's just like it was just like all like it was just an uninspired cliche kind of approach to Green Arrow in this other universe that really didn't show any real ingenuity. Very similar, to like Legion of Doom, where it was like, all right, well, yes, the, like, I see the the ties between Flashpoint and the regular DC universe that we're aware of, and the irony of that by the end of the end of the issue, he's got to pick up the woman's bow and shoot her with an arrow to stop her, like that sort of thing. And it's
2: uh, just it was annoying. I've found that the the Flashpoint tie-ins that stray the farthest away. Yep. And well, like, don't play into those like the 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 uh, tropes of the the regular characters yeah. are the most interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So all
1: right. So anyway, so real quickly, um, the next one is the Hal Jordan, first issue of a three issue series. Um, and this one was uh, the art. I just didn't like it. Was that. Um, that kind of painted, photorealistic kind of style uh, mm-hmm. that Ben Oliver does, and which he did a book for Marvel as well that came out this week that I'm just, I am just don't like really his style. But um, essentially it's just um, as typical of the Hal Jordan hotshot pilot story as you can get. Like, it didn't really veer that much from it, except... that Is as, he just a pilot? He's just a pilot, yep. And it ends he, with it, it, it ends with him finding Abin... Uh, I assume Abin Sir. It, it ends with him uh, finding a, a Green Lantern and saying, help me save the universe. So... Okay. Um yeah, so that was that was about it. Um, I'm know. not going to st- stick with Hal Jordan. so. And not Green Arrow, I assume. Yeah, not no, Green Arrow was a one shot, so that oh, okay. that that damage was done, so. All right, fair enough. Anyway, all right. So there it so is, that was all the once. Yeah. So so we're done. So we're only going to be talking about Flashpoint books that demerit talking about like we've normal our normal comics, so. And there won't be another Gorilla Grodd one, so I won't be talking about it. Which is a shame, so. It's, it's it's a damn
0: shame is what it That's is. That's when I missed. Not, uh, de- oh, go back. Go back. Detective, Detective Comics number eight seventy eight. Uh, Jock Scott Snyder. Uh, this was a pretty good issue. It was sort of a, a, a culmination to the storyline that had been going on about the the. I, it was my pick of the week uh, about the whale and the dead woman that was found in the bank, and mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty good. It, you know, it's what you what you come to expect. I really like Jock, obviously. Uh, big. Fun. And then the end just slaps you in the face. If I had a page of the week. Uh, for something I didn't expect to see, it was the very last bit of this. Uh, I kind of don't want to ruin it, but we gave you a spoiler warning. So uh, the James James Gordon, who we've been looking at all along, uh, and he's like, "Well, is he reformed? Is he not? Is he? Uh, what's this feeling that his dad has about him? No, everything's fine. No, no, he's a twisted serial killer, horrible person. Yeah, uh, and he's sawed uh, off the limbs of this, this is guy. familiar."
2: Um this is this is they did this in um history of violence. Not the movie but the comic.
0: Yeah. They it's, did yeah. the same
2: thing. They have a guy that they keep alive for years and years, and presumably based on the backstory of the character that we know, this is like a childhood friend or something of mm-hmm. of James Gordon and, and Dick Grayson mm-hmm. Or at least they, they they a mutual acquaintance and they've been keeping him alive with like chopping off his limbs and using a, a gnarly looking saw to do it too. Yeah. But basically, any gouge gouged at his eye and um, basically keeping this guy alive, like suspended by ropes in his basement. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty messed up. It um, really
0: is, but I didn't see it coming. All
1: right, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: I really didn't, and I, I liked that because I, I thought, I was like, well, the James, little Jim Gordon, everyone will think he's creepy, but he'll actually be a good guy in the end. Not, not true. All right, then. True
1: at all. So, um, so, near almost a year since it was announced at San Diego last year, uh, Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint finally put out Witch Doctor Number One. Yeah, and it was really good. It was really good.
0: Yes. I. Uh, it. it uh, speaking of, it, we're still going to talk about things that remind us. of It reminded me very much of sort of a cross between Doctor Who and uh, Mysterious the Unfathomable. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but regardless, I was still I was really interested in it. I wanted to I wanted to know what was going to happen next, and I found the character. Uh, very charming. This is a
2: occult sort of detective kind of character, except not, not a detective, a physician. Um, yeah. And basically each issue is going to be him exploring a different a matter of the supernatural with a medical eye to it, and he's got two assistants: one who's an everyman kind of guy, and then this really creepy girl in a hood who, whose hands can turn into like her fingers can turn into hypodermic needles. Um, and there's some weird mystery about her that we're going to find out as the issues progress. And this one's a, uh, about exorcism. Um, there was a preview in uh, uh, Walking Dead that was a bit, that dealt with vampirism. Uh, we're going to deal with, I think, fairies in the next issue. Um, art and you you mentioned mysterious the unfathomable um art reminded me a bit of tom fowler in a way um maybe not as distorted but um still pretty crazy and some really great demon designs in it and this is a lot of fun um and they, they, they refer to it as like house meets fringe which i think is pretty apt
0: yeah, I had, I had no when I first saw the description of this. I wasn't like, I was like, yeah, I'll look at it, whatever. But I was, re- I was like, this is fun. I was sure. really having a good time with it.
1: Yep. And, and if you're curious about more about it, you can go back on ifanboy.com. Paul, you spoke to the, uh, some of the creators and did a, a commentary about the first issue that people can go check that's out. That's right. It's full color commentary. I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. So go check that out. Uh, who did you talk to again? Did you talk to the writer? Uh, that's Brandon Seifert, yeah. the, the writer. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. So people should go check that out on ifanboy.com. It was, uh, it was earlier last week. So uh, just start to research, go back in the archive you can find it so sweet so looking forward to the next issue of that one uh so until then though if you need some comics to get you through the day um, you should check out Digital Comics at Graphically. Um, Graphically uh, and, uh, and I, Fanboy, have been working together for a little over a year now and uh, we've been helping the folks over at Graphically build up the, their digital comics uh, site and offerings and i got to admit, a lot of comics in there. There are over 4,000 comics now available from Marvel Comics, Top Cow, Boom, IDW, Arkea, uh, Red 5, tons of great publishers. We just added Aspen and Dynamite. Um, so if, you, if you're interested in those kind of comics, Aspen and Dynamite, they're there waiting for you. Some of the Green Hornet books um, and some, Garth Ennis stuff is coming from Dynamite and chicks in bathing suits from Aspen that's pretty cool just in time for the summer exactly so Mm -hmm. um, go to graphly.com, you check out the the brand new website that is awesome and lets you read comics uh, via the web as well as you can grab the embed code and go post them on your own website and share them with your friends that sort of thing Um, so very cool stuff also got apps uh, for Android phones and tablets iPhone and iPad so you can buy a comic on the website go to your device download it sync it up and you can read it on on the device no problem at all very very cool Um, if if you're interested in the barnes and noble nook color um if you pick up one of those graphically has got some comics in there they can get mouse guard near Deemable and wanted in a nice little uh, kind of nook kind of package so uh definitely check that out if that's more your your speed uh but yeah so go to graphically.com check it all out make sure you follow graphically on twitter.com slash graphically for all the great uh, uh news and bits and announcements uh, more great comics that are coming and we're gonna just have more stuff coming up to san diego comic-con so definitely want to stay in touch with that so check out graphically
0: Speaking sort of of Robert Kirkman, whose company uh, released whose, – whose imprint released Witch Doctor, Super Dinosaur 3 came out this week. And this is all ages book, which is – basically it's a lot of uh, possible toys basically. Yeah, yeah, you can exactly. snap onto the dinosaur. But uh, I do find it incredibly charming and, and I also – I just think Jason Howard is doing really wonderful work. Yeah. Uh, his big, big splash images and things like that. Um, and I, you know, it's a totally different style than what he did in the Wolfman book. Uh, but it fits really well, and I just—it just it's a lot of fun, actually. I, I kind of can't wait for my kid to be old enough to do it.
1: Yeah, the, 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 I like how he's adapted his style on it. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Cool. So Amazing Spider-Man number 664. I'm finding now the the new tale of the tape with Amazing Spider-Man is that when Dan Slott co-writes an issue, in this case Dan Slott and Christos Gage wrote this issue, it's awesome. And when it's only just Dan Slott, not so good. Um, this, uh, this issue was a lot of fun. It fun. Mr. Negative got revealed, uh, a lot of anti-venom and Eddie Brock stuff, which was actually really kind of funny. Um, and I, re- I, I really enjoyed the issue. It was just like, it was like a good old fashioned Spider-Man issue. It was really, I really enjoyed it. So. Tell us about this Iron Age, though. So on the Iron Age, uh, Iron Age number one from Marvel. If you're, you know, if you want a little alternate from Flashpoint, and you want to go, if you're more of a Marvel fan, you want a little alternate universe. Uh, this uh, great little story of Tony Stark in the past. Uh, Present Tony Stark in the past, trying to stop uh, you know disaster in the future. Uh, great Lee Weeks, art. Are, I love Lee, Lee Weeks. He's so good. But you get uh, Tony yelling at his own drunken self, which is always amusing. And all, <laughs> and all the Avengers thinking that he's drunk because he grabs drunk Tony's costume and the helmet stinks of alcohol, so they think he's drunk. Very amusing. Um, and there was a, a a shorter story in the back that was written by Rob Williams um, with art by Ben Oliver that I didn't really love the art, but it had uh, Captain Britain, and it's always good to see Captain Britain. So, yeah. You love good old
0: Brian. Now, uh, now, Ultimate X. I get my Ultimates mixed up. Is this the Art Adams one? Yeah, this is the
1: last issue of the Jeff uh, Ultimate X number five. It's the last issue of the Jeff Loeb Art Adams, and this fades. This leads into the new Ultimate X Men book. Um, this basically set the team that's going to be in the new Ultimate X Men book of uh, Jean Grey or Karen, as she's known now, and Wolverine's son and uh, the New Angel and, and the Fiery Girl, and they added the Hulk in this issue and had a great big fight with uh, with Sabretooth. But the star of this issue is our Art Adams. This is some of the best Art Adams. I've i've seen in years so uh yeah. if you're an art adams fan you need to go pick up this whole book and there was a nice little uh uh little last page end cap by this the editor mark uh Paniccia, about the experience and about working with these guys that was actually kind of heartfelt it was nice so
0: very cool yeah uh butcher baker number four came out and this was uh joe casey and mike Hoddleston's sort of odd exploration of post superhero concepts which is something that, that joe Casey does. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love this issue. This was sort of – if you were thinking that it was getting a little too out there for you or, or you weren't, this was just a, a sort of fun sort of romp kind of issue. But This, it also, was, this was the
1: best issue yet.
0: Oh, yeah. No, also it, it just the cover. The yeah. cover alone yep. was, was, was worth the price of admission, yep. but it, it was a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, you know, like I, I want more because of
1: this. Yeah, no, the, I, yeah, this I mean, genitals or no, no, there was no, there was no. Well, there was uh, some, there, there was, was some fucking. fucking, there was some fucking. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but there was no, you didn't see any bits. You just saw, you know, like it was no full frontal. Now. No, no, okay. full frontal. Yeah, no, uh, some there was, was a little bit of behind. There was some, a little button, little side boob, but on the girl. No,
0: no, there was a little, there was a little dangle. dangle.
1: Oh, was there? Yeah, yeah, there was always yeah, a little dangle like, though. Yeah. Oh I That's see fine. I okay. see the dangle. I see your Yeah, There you about. go. But anyway, uh, um, a, no, but this, is, okay. this was the best issue yet, both in terms of I think in terms of art, in terms of coloring, in terms of story. I just I thought it was this this was great. So
0: And yeah, getting to know the characters a little bit in a way that, that helps you sort of latch onto them for yeah. me.
1: Yeah. Um and speaking of uh great again, Venom number four was yes. great stuff awesome and capping with the fantastic scene with uh flash and peter parker on the couch and with the great shadow behind both of them you see the venom shadow and the spider-man shadow talk about Remender setting up the setting and setting up the you know they they know each other but they don't know each other oh that's good comic booking so uh yeah, yeah
0: and tony moore was back i i Tom Fowler done the last issue, but Tony Moore was back for this one. Yeah. I'm I'm I miss Fowler a little bit. Well, he'll little be back. Bit. He'll be back. They're trading off. I know. They're a good tag fun. team, though. Yeah.
2: They they seem to match up really really well.
0: Yeah. I really like the conversation that went on uh, between uh, Jack Lantern and, and Venom too, like that arch enemy. The yeah. idea of that, and I was like, oh well, yeah. I guess I know what they are now.
1: There, yeah, exactly. There was a couple of great um, Venom face panels that Tony Moore did. The best uh-huh. one. The best one being when he saw the building explode and thought Betty died. Sad. Venom. the sad venom oh my god that was great it was like... i love the sort of slack jaw venom that he does like yeah. the, like his jaw is
2: broken and it's like going over to the side yep. real weird but there's some great spider-man venom fight action in it
1: yeah seriously if i was the kind of guy who changed my twitter avatar a lot i think i would use the sad venom face but <laughs> <laughs> so good times Alright, so those are the books that came out this week uh, that we enjoyed, but you uh, in the iFanboy community enjoyed a bunch of other books and you went to iFanboy.com and did your pull list and rate and reviewed them and you made your pick of the weeks. So we want to go through the top five pick of the weeks from you, the community, and coming in at number five was Witch Doctor number 1 with 7% of the pick of the weeks, which is an impressive showing for a number one book, I think. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, and this is as the time of recording. When you listen to this, these numbers might have fluctuated as other people make their picks of the week, but still. It gives you a general idea, a barometer, say to, so to speak. So mm-hmm. Witch Doctor number 1, 7 Number four, Detective Comics 878 at 7.5%, so good showing there. Uh, Number three, Josh's Pick of the Week, Scalp number 50 with 11%, which is good. Um, number two, Batman Incorporated, number seven, which uh, we're going to talk about a little bit, got 15% of the, of the pick of the week d- dispersion. And the number one book, everyone seems to agree with me, Avengers Children's Crusade, number six, got 38% of the pick of the week uh, percentage. It's
0: just, it's just Marvel zombie fodder, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Hey, with a,
1: By a really good creative team. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs>
0: so. All right, so on to the user reviews. Uh, Keith, 7198. Uh, set of Batman Incorporated number seven, give the story a five out of five and the art of four out of five, and the pick-of-the-week percentage... Uh, like we said, uh, was 15%, thereabouts. This is easily one of the best Batman Inc. books. This is so much more than Batman Goes to Find Another Batman Story. It packs a lot of punch and is, about, and almost, and is almost flawlessly constructive. Morrison's storytelling really shines here, and while Burnham does lose his characters in a few panels, his art is, is great as is a great compliment to the story. This is a strong issue, and hopefully we will get more of Man of Bats and Raven soon. Uh, I, I found myself over the course of reading this issue... Uh, enjoying it more and more like at first I was like this is odd there's actually like a little I think I read it right after I read Scalped so it was a it's, little yeah. yeah
1: the Indian kind of crossover it was
0: very close yeah. um, but,
2: I love the the pickup truck
0: Batmobile yeah. I, I love the sign went, outside the Batcave garage yeah in
1: their Batcave was really the moment when it got me I think
0: yeah. um, the giant wooden nickel
1: I don't read this, but I flipped through this in the store because I love Chris Burnham. I want to see the art. And I got to say, though, I'm really thinking about the next issue after that teaser of Tron Batman. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Batman of the Cyber Internet. Cybercrime yeah, Batman, Batman. Yeah, the Batman of the Internet looks awesome. <laughs> it does look pretty cool. I, I just really
0: like that, that Morrison dealt with the, these reservation issues in this. Like, uh, I think he could have he done it in a sort of flashy, silly way, but he didn't. And uh, I, I, was, I really enjoyed this. I was kind of surprised by it. It's pretty, it's pretty brutal, too, for yeah. this series. Definitely.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, Paul, why don't you tee up the next review for us?
2: Okay, all right. Now we uh, gave Goon number 34 a story of 5 out of 5 and art of 5 out of 5. Pick of the week percentage, 2.3%. It's a comic book, and it's really fucking funny. You would think more comic books would be really fucking funny, but you would be wrong. Despite what the cover may lead you to believe, this book, unlike others, doesn't rely on popular memes and pop culture references to make you laugh. Creator Eric Powell understood cartooning better than maybe any comic creator. He knows the art has to contribute to the humor as much as the writing does, and instead of making the book witty, he goes for the most lowbrow humor he possibly can. It's like watching an Orson Welles movie if all Orson Welles wanted to do... Was make mean spirited jokes about shitting and eye gouging,
1: (laughs) which (laughs) which I I think is is an accurate review, but I think it's also underplaying that it's the the really fucking funny parts are told through some fantastic art by Powell.
0: Well, he said he's the best cartooning. No, yeah, no, I
1: know, but I think I think it's even more understated than it is. Like I flipped through, I admittedly I don't buy this, but I slipped through at the store and I'm like, you know, I should be reading the Goon. This is great. This is great stuff. Well, this there's, is only the second really issue hard, yeah. in like
0: two years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a big commitment. Right. It's like it, but this
2: isn't like a turn your brain off kind of book. I mean, it, there it's is smart. some. Smart. It's very. It smart. Is, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's lowbrow, but in a highbrow kind of way. I don't know. It's. Yeah.
0: It's, very it's like good. smart people drinking Pabst. It, like it just—it's sort of—it's ironic. Area, yeah, there's a little. Nothing bit. wrong with a good PBR every once in a while? I'm not the saying there. See, <laughs> I'm not. I've actually never been able to get into this book, but I—I I can appreciate what's good about it. And I like—I I like hearing this guy, you know, the, this user review of it. Like, it makes me happy. Yeah. Like, that it exists. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I love the aesthetic um, of this book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cool. So go to ifanboy.com/comics and do your pull list, and write your comics, and write reviews, and uh, you can get one feature on the show. Yeah. So on to the emails. Our first email comes from Corey D, who says, Almost any time I read a solicitation for an upcoming Marvel or DC quote-unquote event, I read it will change the future of that said Marvel or DC universe forever, and at the very least for many years to come. So my question is, in retrospect, which events do you feel truly deserved its pre-sales hype and which didn't? Interesting. I think that Civil
0: War definitely affected everything for years to come. House of M. House of M was what I was about to say. Um, (sighs) Yeah.
1: Uh, f- Identity secret Crisis. Secret Invasion and, and, oh. and Dark Reign, not so much. Secret so Diminishing invasion,
0: returns not, after Civil War. Not so
1: much, yeah. but Dark Reign could have. I think they just think they had s- it. We're still they
0: dealing it for, with it. Yeah. yeah, unless we had it for a year. So like at the end of it, you were like, okay, that's, that'll do. Yeah. But no, it's definitely still going. The thing is, Marvel was in that sort of perpetual event for years, so it's hard to say.
1: Um, Identity but, Crisis but was think- not an event, by the way. Was
0: well, it, it, okay. wasn't oh, it wasn't an event. It wasn't an event. Whatever. That miniseries... If the I guarantee you, the solicitor said this will change everything forever, and it and it did. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it definitely created a schism that that is still being felt today, and they can constantly <laughs> refer to it every time. You know, until, so, until September. The, <laughs> well.
2: There is a sense that a villain could rape you at any time in DC right now, so that that <laughs> that changed the status quo until September. Yeah. But until September. Yeah.
0: Well, you we don't know if they're gonna if that's one they're gonna
1: keep or not. <laughs> well, but, yeah, they might. That might be on a list, and they're like, yeah. Keep I think that. I, I think I see what you're saying, Ron. <laughs> no, I don't know. Kind of I have tension. no idea. I could be wrong. I could, I just wouldn't be surprised. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think those are good. I mean, that's the thing is that is that they're they're to a certain degree all of these events affect everything, and that it's always an evolving thing, and it's it's life, you know, that sort of thing. But you know, and you can't really change that much you know like said to a certain degree it's got it's got to reset back to a certain level but you know brand brand new day it's obviously still yeah no i think yeah one more one more day point. one more day affected everything so yeah, yeah. So,
0: all right. you know they've actually been pretty good about meaning it
1: yeah they have
0: they really marvel uh, has
1: marvel definitely has
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when, like I said, you know, how however long ago Identity Crisis was, like, I I really feel like that changed the tone of everything. Since, but actually, kind of led to the change that they're
1: going to have now. But Identity Crisis was what eight years, eight, seven or eight years ago. Did are you still feeling the ramifications of Infinite Crisis of Fifty Two of of Countdown of Blackest Night of Brightest Day? Blackest Night reminded every once in a while. Yeah. But not I of, infinite, but not of Infinite Crisis and and Fifty Two. No,
0: no, yeah. Like, yeah,
2: Superboy pops up every once in a while, and then you're reminded. But... Yeah. yeah,
0: no, Infinite Crisis, you are definitely that didn't really take.
1: Yeah, neither, neither did Fifty Two. Was just a a diversion of stories, you know. And but I don't think they ever said Fifty Two was going to change everything. So, but, no, so, yeah. Anyway, it was good. Yeah. All right. Rise um... of Arsenal. <laughs> Rise of Arsenal did change everything.
2: I wake up in cold sweats thinking of that. Yeah, so, so, so does Roy it, Harper. It
1: Me, it changed our lives. <laughs> not...
0: Yeah.
2: Sorry, they're alive.
1: All right, on to the next email. <laughs> uh, Dave
0: asks, have you noticed that every comic that features Spidey these last few months, and there have been a lot, have included the image of Spider-Man with his mask rolled up and, and when he's eating or drinking or something? <laughs> I think even the recent Heroes for Hire had this scene. I don't think I remember seeing this so much recently. Is it just that Spider-Man is in a lot of books? Is it that Peter is maintaining his secret identity or that there's some kind of joke everyone hit at the same time? Is it related to the infamous upside-down kiss from the movie, like some kind of spider-based oral fixation? Well, I
2: don't... That makes me uncomfortable. The
0: Like thinking how how far back was that
1: that kiss though. No, I mean that I mean that this is a recent. I mean that, that, was, uh, that was eight years ago too. That was, yes, like, it was. Yeah. I mean the, the thing is that I think it's more tied into what he touched on and maintaining a secret identity. The identity and yeah. the combination of everyone hitting on the joke, but but he's done that since the sixties. So, yeah,
0: but yeah. I, th- I feel like artists are using it a lot now because it's, it's an interesting image basically.
2: It really is actually. I, I always got like different it. masks to be pulled up too. Yeah. So they yeah. get to yeah. play with it with different designs and yeah. he's hanging around, around with different people and different groups and um, different writers get to use him. And it's, I think, yeah, yeah. It's just a classic image.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that's really interesting about it is that so often uh, with superhero costumes and masks included, like you forget that it's a piece of fabric. You just look at it as his face, and so when you move that part of the mask, you're reminded that there's a person underneath it, and that's sort of an artificial cover. It's a
1: humani- humanizing kind of thing. It's kind of why yeah. they always take the mask off in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, so. All right, fair enough. So if you have any email questions, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. It's always good to hear from everybody, so send those emails in. You people who are iFanboy
0: members are the folks who, who, who make the things happen. That's what I'm going to say. If you listen to the show, you like this, what we do, uh, you want to know how to help, uh, the best way is to become an iFanboy member. And that is a, a person who is contributing directly to the show because you like it but also because uh, we, we try to hit you back with a little something special. If you become an iFanboy member, you can uh, you can do so for $4 a month or $42 a year or uh, $10 a month or $100 a year. If you do that, we will send you some stuff. We will send you a comic book. The crappier it is, the better. Uh, just in, its, in, its, in its, its awfulness. But sometimes they're just regular comic books. and Sometimes some they're, buttons.
1: Good, they're good comics too. Then I, you know. Yeah,
0: you don't even know. But, I, uh, but for me, like, if you get a really crappy one, that's like an honor. That's like a Cracker Jack prize. Um, uh, and, and some buttons and stickers and things like, things like that. If you're the higher level member, you will also get a T-shirt. But you'll also be eligible for some of the giveaways, and we, we give away stuff uh, periodically. Sometimes lots of stuff. Uh, and if you, if you don't want to go that far or if you just want to know how else you can help, you can also click on the banners at ifanboy.com or you can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and, and do your Amazon shopping through that, that sort of portal to Amazon and we'll get, we'll get a little something from that and you don't have to do anything. you just what you were going to do anyway. So uh, they, we really do need your support uh, as, as a website and all the different ways that you can help and we thank those of you who do. It uh, means the world to us and, and uh, thank you. Put, put us in your will.
2: Sure. <laughs> and then live dangerously. Like, stop watching when you cross the street. Yeah. Just do it by sound. We will,
1: we we will take I'm out— I'm careful with the put us in your will, because I don't want to inherit any sort of animals or— yeah. you can inherit like, like yeah, a yeah. castle. Yeah. <laughs> that really would be pretty awesome. I, I like the initiative, Paul, but yeah, so. All right. All right, right. right. on to the voicemails. Our first voicemails. Everyone's. Everyone wants to talk about Green Lantern.
2: Hey, fanboy boy. It's Sean from New York. How are you doing? I had a question about Green Lantern. Oh. Let's say I was on vacation and I was traveling over to uh,
0: sector 2813 and their lantern happened to go down the line of duty. Would I be eligible in the ring selection process because I was in that sector at the time? Or does the ring take into account your native sector?
2: And if so, how long would I have to stay in that sector before I establish residency? It's based on residency, um, I because th- like, if, well, if like from, you looked if, into if
1: this. If I mean, you, you you checked into the in the, the Green Lantern files. The actually, yeah, yeah. If
2: you go through the database, like it just or just you know paying attention to the books, like you know, if like you're if you're from Melmac, but you're living on Earth, say like ALF, mm-hmm. you're going to be chosen to be a Green Lantern of the Melmac sector of the universe and not.
1: Well, really, like, well, really, it's where, it's where your last established residency and mailing address is, and basically where you file taxes. I think like it's where you, you live put, now. Well, and the the, the question is, is the ring. Uh, checking a
0: database right. of all current residents, in which I case think you it's would checking, be on that list? I
2: think it's checking mineral levels based on, like, in your bloodstream and then...
1: Oh, and tying and it back it, to the planet you came from. Tying back like, to I, the I, planet I, that you I, came I, from, I,
2: exactly. I'll and I'll also what, how much dedication you have. Like, if, you, if you're not really, like, patriotic about your, you know, your planet, like, then you're not going to be the Green Lantern of that planet. But anyways, sectors don't matter anymore. People just go, they, 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 they're stationed on OA and then they end up wherever they're needed. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's a good point too. That the sec, the sector police kind of thing, they threw that out the window.
0: Well, that's all going to get thrown out the window anyway. Yeah.
1: It comes September. So, <laughs> so we don't even, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I
0: love it. Uh, no, it's, or like, not. That's uh, the end of everything. Yeah. Or not.
1: <laughs> Whatever. All right. Thank you, Paul, for that. So our next voice has got a question about our collecting. Hi guys. This is Nathan from Albuquerque. Um, i I was in the military for a long time and moved around all over the country, and every comic book store I ever went to had a different method of uh, doing pull lists, and some of them are very
2: different from others, like using the uh, the previews uh, order sheet,
1: and you have to order two months ahead of time, and you're kind of locked in to what you order, or uh, just writing stuff down on a sheet of paper, and uh, they generally use it that way. So what has been you guys' experience with uh, ordering comics and uh, using pull lists at your comic book stores? And, uh, do you guys all use the same comic book store? Or what kind of differences have you experienced between the ones that you visited? Thanks a lot, guys. Great show. Appreciate it. Well, This one's hard to, hard to address because r- literally your experience is common, I think, Nathan, in that every comic book store h- manages it differently. Um, ultimately, now though we're at the point where every store is basing it off of Diamond and previews and the three months' lists because that's how they order. So I would be very surprised if you had a store that's not doing that. <laughs> well, how
2: does it work at the store that you own, Ron? Uh,
1: I, I mean, I I, I I don't own a store, by the way. <laughs> But I do, I do maintain a pull list at the store I shop at, and I just give like, a, a li- I have a list of the titles I subscribe to. And the thing is that he, my store owner knows me, so he has, he's he pulls stuff based on what he thinks that I'd want and that I don't want. It's like Cheers, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 not your common, but there there are other, there are online tools that people use to you know to to go and order individual issues. I mean, so I mean, what about you? I mean, Paul, do you have a pull list at your store? Or? I
2: have I have a pull list that I, I wrote down like years ago when I started, and then now it's since migrated to like their computer. System, but it's very casual, and it just—if I want to drop something, I just let the guys know. They know my name there. It's—it's yeah. it's very casual, but they pick up a lot of stuff anyway, so I don't really have to worry about. I'm, I'm fortunate in that sense, and I know that not every shop is like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I've had every kind like that. I've had you know like the list, and they they check it. But I, you know, I had to if I canceled, then I had to buy it for the next two months, right, which I yeah. didn't like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't like I I I I really try to avoid the pre-ordering process because I you know. You can't, I don't, well, I don't like, and I Connor's
1: wanna, not here to, to shut us down, I know. but we don't have time to get into it. But you no, can. And you I know can. that it's – yeah. well,
0: you can if you, go, if you are lucky enough to be able to go to a shop that pretty much buys one of everything.
1: Yeah. And, and that's and, and what I buys choose. one of everything in multiple copies. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like so
0: I try to find shops. Like when I when I moved just now, like I went to a bunch of shops and I found a bunch – didn't carry stuff I wanted. And I found one that – Pretty much ordered everything, so I didn't have to worry about it because I don't like three months ahead of time. I don't want to commit to buying something that that week. Like you know how you said earlier that Flashpoint book, you're like, well, we'll see how the week is that it comes out. Yeah. Like I I don't want to I don't want to I don't know maybe I'm not gonna have any cash that week, which is sort of flaw of the whole thing. But my
2: yeah my bigger concern with my pull list is just remembering to cancel things that I have stopped reading months ago. Yeah, Yeah. I just like forget to cancel things, so it's not about forgetting to. Oh, I forgot to order this; they're not going to have it because
1: they almost always are. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's it sucks because the only way you can be guaranteed you're going to get the books you want is by setting up a pull list and doing that sort of thing. But because of the three month cycle, there's a certain level of commitment and that sort of thing. That you you know, if you decide you don't want something, you're already locked in for the next three months or whatever it is. And some stores, you know, like I, I mean, again, because I have a good relationship with my store owner, I just put it back on the shelf you know right. but some people get pissed about that because like hey they, they laid out the 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 dollar 25 or whatever how much the comic yeah. costs the store it's you know on returnable yeah exactly so it's it's a, it's a shitty situation that all, that pretty much diamond put us all in so yeah anyway. we
2: also get our stuff early too like we we're not picking our stuff up on like saturday which some people have to do
1: yeah. we get our stuff on, stuff on wednesday. wednesday we get our stuff on yeah. wednesday though we don't get it earlier than wednesday but yeah you no, I mean, yeah but, so. I am in mean, there like ten AM though. No, but yeah, exactly. exactly. There, there, there are times. I thing, mean, there, exactly. there have been times where books I didn't order that I wanted, and because I was work, I didn't get the store like six or seven, and they sold out. And I'm at a, I'm at a pretty big major store in a major city, like, yeah. you know, like unless you, the only way you guarantee what you want is by ordering. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So if you have any questions, you can call, and leave us a voicemail. one 888 Fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And this weekend, we're gonna, we we're enjoying the holiday weekend, right, Josh? Trying
0: to. <laughs> trying to. Uh, we have a Don't Miss podcast uh, that, that usually comes out on Monday. We're not sure. I don't <laughs> think there's going to be. There could there could be a show. There
1: could there be a show. Probably isn't going to be a show. Basically, there could uh, be
2: Christmas. Maybe not. We don't know.
1: The, the, it, the, the holidays and cons always make things difficult. So if they come yeah. if you come around Monday or Tuesday and there's no don't miss, it's probably because they you know the creators were trying to track down are enjoying the Fourth of July holiday that we have. Sometimes here in the States, sometimes so. you
0: set something up and then it just goes away. Yeah. And you're like, oh well, I didn't really plan for a third. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, if if that does come out, it normally comes out on Monday. And as we talk about a book, uh, it's a it's a podcast. You can go back and subscribe to it. Uh, we talk about a book that's coming out that Wednesday that, that you may not have known about. Some kind of different book. Yep,
1: with with a uh, with a, a creator a behind that. it. Yeah, exactly. that's, so. the, that's the key. Yep. It's not just a random person off the street that we're talking. No, about. that would be that would be terrible. Yep. So. be a bad show. You can find the Don't Miss Podcast in iTunes or subscribe to it there, or you can find it on ifanboy.com every Monday as well as all the other great content that's up on ifanboy.com all through the week. Uh, you can see Josh's Pick of the Week uh, review that was written and posted up last Wednesday. Um, every Wednesday we got the new Pick of the Week review. Uh, Book of the Month is coming. It's going to be out next week, so keep an eye out for that. And again, you know, Paul, Mike, Jim, Molly, everybody everybody who's been writing, Chris, everybody who's been kicking ass on the site, uh, definitely if you're not reading ifanboy.com, you're missing out because there's a lot of good stuff going on there um so follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy or follow uh, go to facebook and uh, fan up our fan page on f- uh, facebook.com slash ifanboy so you don't miss a thing and if you were looking for um, our audio podcast talk about transformers uh we are still going to do it we're just a little delayed the holiday mix you know kind of ran into our uh our planning schedule and that sort of thing but uh you can keep an eye out on ifanboy.com for our eventual transformers audio podcast review um, and we do a video show, which comes out every Wednesday. And this past Wednesday, we had our annual barbecue episode where me, Josh, and Connor went outside and ate some meat and talked comics. And it was a, it was a good meal. And um, this coming up this week, uh, we, we just can't get off the topic of reboots. And we're talking about other reboots that have happened in comic history. I thought history.
2: it said other robots. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would be fun. Other oh, robots is
1: a good show
0: idea, but I'll write that down.
1: <laughs> no, we're talking. To, we're that talking is a
0: good show idea. Miscellaneous robots. It is. I'm but, sorry, I want but to no, it.
1: we're talking about other reboots in comic history. So, if you're interested in the uh, the concept of rebooting a whole line of comics, you're going to want to tune in this Wednesday.
2: It gets awkward. You can email us at, contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888 Fanboys. That's three two six two six nine seven. With any questions, comments, concerns,
0: discussion topics, etc. And if you like us, you can leave a review in iTunes or better yet uh you can just tell people about it. spread word of mouth, post on your on your various social networking links, just be like hey, this show was good here's here's a link to it that was kind of uh, awesome. and that was you know it was hey go to fifteen twenty two it gets weird. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but uh, also the, the iTunes reviews for not just this show but all the other ones we have or any podcast you like are just a wonderful way to, uh, for us to get exposure for any podcast to uh, sort of get pushed it, up. Here's so what you should just...
2: do. Here's what you should do. Thinking outside of the box. Thinking Thinking holidays. Thinking Fourth of July. You should put the podcast on, on a thumb drive and then duct tape it to a bottle rocket and then send it up on the Fourth of July and someone will find it in a, you know, in a parking lot and I'll check it out. If you
1: do that, take pictures and send it to us and we will give you a special reward because I think that's a great idea and I don't think anyone's going to do it. So, okay. <laughs> unfortunately, right. this is coming out after Fourth of July, so they might have used up all their bottle rockets. But if you can, st- if you put podcasts on a thumb drive and somehow Certifically leave it in this world, I will personally send you something.
2: Or, or put it, put it in, a put the thumb drive in a bottle and then cork yeah. it and like weatherproof it and then throw it out to sea, exactly, like on your yacht, exactly, with instructions, with, with instructions, with instructions.
1: If Yeah. Anyone These takes are... up this challenge, and I'm going to limit it. I'm like the first person or the first or second person. I can't like I'm, I'm, uh, hundreds of people don't do this. I'm not going to be able to do it. But if any anybody actually does this email us pictures at contact because i would love to fucking see that in the real life
0: i I don't believe that that is environmentally conscious (laughs) i
1: don't think it is either so yeah all right uh so until next week i'm ron
0: i'm paul i'm off to get some fireworks i want to see what ron's gonna send me